Hey, Sid. Hey, Brian. How's it going? It's going so well. How are you? Feeling great. <laughs> Good. What's, what's your update this week? Okay, I talked about the thing that I learned at the leadership seminar. <laughs> and this is going to be, you're going to laugh slash be very disappointed in me in about two seconds. I am trying out that 65-35 rule where it's like 65% on task and 35% on process. Love it. So I did some math. <laughs> and this is where you're going to be disappointed. I did some math and like given my work week, it seems like 11 hours of my week should be spent on process. Is that right? Perhaps. Like 35%. So I'm like taking a standard 40 hour week. Or maybe I did less because I'm on summer hours. I can't remember. But I feel like I must have done something wrong. Because 11 hours of process seems like a lot. Because I was thinking like an hour a week <laughs> was appropriate. You're, Even though I know the math doesn't work out for that. You got an A in stats. <laughs> All my tests were open book. So I think about it like two, at least two hours a day. Okay. That seems like a lot, doesn't it? Not in the work that I did. <laughs> So, okay, so I I think maybe it's because I also can't imagine working on process for 11 hours a week, but maybe I should be. That's <laughs> so that's I'm, probably the point I'm, of this I'm practice. I'm seeing that this update is more of like, I have more questions than I have answers. <laughs> so the update is that I did the first step into figuring out what the math looks like. So maybe it's not necessarily like you creating processes, but it's you working through the process like using the process yeah to do the task yeah okay because i feel like a like that's a lot of time to be spending on like okay, creating process. let me i think it's more like am i doing the process do i have a tasks list for the day like simple things like that could like be lumped into this okay you can make it whatever you want to make it if it's a guideline but that's helpful to break down that way and it realized i realized now it should have been a question while i was at the training if i could do quick math and then ask the facilitator like listen this is the math i'm coming up with is this right or what do you suggest but maybe so i was thinking about like starting out with like two hours monday through friday like a day yeah. And then using that as a baseline to start. Yeah. To, like, change you, my behavior. See what comes of it. Right. Right. So I just, like, yes, you're right. It was, like, half update that I've, like, taken a step in a direction. And also, like, Half checking my math. <laughs> because I'm terrified. Well, and I feel like also, because to your point, I've been thinking about this, too, because uh, it's important to the work that I'm doing and just trying to give some things more structure. Mm-hmm. And... There are moments where it's actually hard. I'm like not focused. I'm. I'd rather be doing yeah. than like creating. thinking and creating mm-hmm. sometimes because I think it feels like it's not productive work time because yes. you're not like emailing a client or like helping people get work done. Right. Um. And actually dedicating time to that process is really helpful. Yes. Um. Because it it can make the work that you do better. That's a good point. And I think that's probably why we need to enforce the rule is to your point, sometimes just easier to task than it is to do anything else. And so that's why it needs to come into play to remind us that this is this is just as important work yeah. to, to fit into your day. Even if it's not like the full 35%, it has to be there somewhere or else all you're doing is task and you either burn out or you're not working like smarter. Yeah. You're working like in ways that 
dance around the goal versus get to the heart of the goal. So that was, yeah, that's my update. I'm, you know, I'm trying it out more, more so just figuring out what the math looks like. And then next week, <laughs> watch out, <laughs> get ready. 10, 10 hours next week, all process. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, what is your update this week? I mentioned in a last episode update that post vacation, I, you know, used the budget that I'd saved and was going to reassess. So I reassessed. (laughs) (laughs) Look at us just checking things off the list. (laughs) Um, And one of the things that I'm very proud of, I upped my automatic savings. Um, So I had a certain dollar amount go into my savings accounts and my investing. And put a little extra in there because I was like, you should stop spending this money on clothes. <laughs> you can, sh- like, you know, throw it my way. I'll spend it on clothes. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> um, but it was really nice to be able to look at my budget and kind of see how things had shifted um, just with, like, new job and, like, salary vibes and just, like, different expenses that – and, like, less expense – no longer expenses mm-hmm. however you want to the say changing that. of the times changing <laughs> of expenses um and readjusting some of my spending categories and just having a better sense of like okay we have this big savings goal mm-hmm. that probably will take a year plus to achieve and what does that look like if i'm going to like put that instead of putting that money into like my like everyday savings account like if it goes to a higher earning interest bearing savings account right that I like because it kind of reminds me of like I just consistently was putting money toward my uh, student loans oh yeah and so like thinking about this as like the it's no longer a student loan it's a big dollar amount savings goal which is like implemented by you which is like nothing i've ever experienced in my life i'm always just like paying stuff off (laughs) so the idea to like put a large chunk of money toward a A savings goal that's going to take a while and it's going to accrue over time yeah and you need to keep putting money toward it to get to like the goal the goal sure (laughs) and having it be a big number and being a little terrified of that like can i do it and it's Mm -hmm. like yes if you literally take that money and remove it from your account every month (laughs) you can can get automatically because that's the issue is like if you see it in your checking account or whatever and you know it's there you're like I'll skim like 200 yeah. off the top. <laughs> this is mine. I'm going to go spend this. Um, but I think it also is like a good reminder to be like, still live and be free and enjoy the things that you enjoy about your life and don't be too stingy because right. like that was the thing that always stressed me out before was like, I used to not have any money at all right. and was always worried about money and that's very stressful. For sure. And so not to like let this savings goal, it's like I have money mm-hmm. that I'm saving. Right. So like don't put so much pressure on it because my my brain goes toward like, like scarcity. I ha- yeah, like I don't have this money anymore. And it's right. like no, it's it's li- it's, it's there. right there. <laughs> and it's like remind like I don't know if like checking in on it helps or yeah. like you know and, and remembering like what the goal is, the long-term goal and all of those good things. But I can understand that fully mm-hmm. where it's like you operated at a place for so long that that changing that mentality is going to take some work, but it's that greater good. Yeah. that you're excited about. Yeah, so I just wanted to toss in a nice little recommendation for the So Money podcast, mm. um, because it's 
giving me some really good savings and investing tips, particularly the Ask Farnoosh episodes. Okay. And I've dabbled. I've been, I've been thinking about, like, if I'm going to ask a question, what would my question be? Because you can just shoot Farnoosh a little question on Instagram, and she'll answer them on her episodes on every week. And you can be, like, a spotlit person. Yeah. Fun. You should think about that, because I feel like you've been doing so much intentional work around this like firstly obviously the huge goal and accomplishment of paying off your student loans and then all the things you've put in place since then and how you've adjusted things and continued to learn and really like dug into this kind of information like what are you really wondering about and like give yourself some room to like really wonder Mm -hmm. and and what she might be able to help with I think that's that maybe that's your next step yeah. Is really coming up with like a good question for for Farnoosh. Yeah. I like it. I like it too. That's gonna be fun. <laughs> um, what is inspiring you this week, Bron? I just wrapped my first uh, watch of The Sopranos. Okay. And I know everybody in the world has been talking about all the hot new shows yeah. that they've been watching, and I'm <laughs> pointing to Sid. Um, and there's so many that I want to watch, but we were so invested in The Sopranos. Yeah. And this was a show that I was like, I don't know. I'm apprehensive. I don't want to give this time. And Dan was like, this You're show is amazing. It. You're going to love it. And I had to be in the right mental space for it. But it was so much better than I anticipated. And it the way that they did the storytelling, because one of the writers is... Uh, Matthew Weiner reminded me a lot of Mad Men. Oh, okay, yep. Um, and so a lot of the episodes kind of left you thinking or like considering the like dynamic of the crew mm-hmm. or like what they were going through, uh, and not just like all about mafia and murder. Yeah. It was like some inquisitive things and very much conscious of like therapy and the stigma around therapy because it's like part of the the whole like thing. the whole series. It's very strong theme throughout it Hmm. um and so i just want to recommend that if you haven't watched this hbo classic i highly recommend it because it was so good wow so i've never seen the sopranos so it sounds like i I think you would i should very into it okay so it has more of it's like a drama and uh it's funny it's intense it's a like a little gruesome hmm. but you know we watched game, game of, of thrones, thrones so we can handle <laughs> anything like uh, to be honest like once you've seen game of thrones you can watch anything like nothing will phase you after that it's or true. at least sopranos won't phase you after that no. okay all right i need a new show so but soon uh i think we will be tuning into handmaid's tale so june 5th. yeah i'm so excited i'm terrified but i'm excited like that good kind of <laughs> excited but terrified <laughs> ready it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be awesome what is uh inspiring you this is also a tv week for me when it comes to inspiration so pose just premiered on netflix so and pose was originally on fx and so it was oh. yeah so it was there first and then think i mean i i think our inspiration forever should just be hulu netflix hbo like all the streaming services that then well not hbo but then bring on from other um like the 
what is it, cable networks and bringing on those shows to the streaming services. I just think that in and of itself, like they should get awards for doing that because it <laughs> it just gives so many more people the ability to take part in these really amazing TV shows. And so Pose is no different. Um, and I think it just came out on Netflix, if I'm not okay. mistaken, um, maybe not too long ago. And it tells the story of trans women in the 80s and ball culture and sharing the different perspectives of house mothers who created space for other LGBTQ plus um, folks to be their true selves and give them a home where they didn't have one. It was, it's so good. And so ball culture was a a place where people could have like a safe space to be themselves, but also like compete in certain ways to see who could pass in the outside world. So they would have like, um, you know, corporate realness would be like a category. And these trans women would compete for like the top prize of who could pass. Um, But it's so much more than that. Like it centers around that, but then all of the people that participate in in the balls then have their own stories outside of this space. And I don't know if Billy Porter, that name sounds familiar Mm -hmm. to you so he wore the amazing Christian Siriano like tuxedo ball gown at the Oscars I believe and he is in this show and he's just incredible he's just incredible all of the people that are in the show are just fantastic and it can get heavy at times but the acting and writing is just phenomenal and it gives people a look at and at what this was what this Mm -hmm. time in the 80s and the HIV epidemic and who it affected and how they were taken care of or not taken care of at all and it's just one of those things that like the bravery that people like needed to have to be their true selves not just in this place where they felt safe but out in the world where people weren't accepted and and all these awful things it was just it's just such a good show and on top of that all of the women all the trans women in the show are played by trans actors and i think it also gives this like much needed platform to these fantastic talents and so there's just so many places where people are being lifted up and telling these stories that are so important to be told so people can learn about what this history is and why it's so important and why we need to still talk about it but the show is just good like it's just it's just so good so that's my inspiration this week is pose on netflix i watched like you know you can skip the intro I never skip the intro because I just think like the music is awesome. The <laughs> intro is awesome. And just, it's just such a great show. Um, I highly recommend, highly recommend. I'm ready for a new one. So yes, get on it. Uh, okay. Give it to me straight, Bron. What are we talking about today? I feel like with many people complaining about uh, <laughs> constantly feeling tired at work. <sighs> What? Breathe. No. What can we do mm-hmm. to maximize our own energy, physical, mental, emotional, to impact our productivity? And this was truly inspired by a recent uh, update, inspiration, I think, of mine, yep. um, where <clears throat> we highlighted the first round article, our six must reads for uh, honing focus and managing your time mm-hmm. and pulling out the specific energy-based uh discussion because we've talked about like time management skills as a whole but actually thinking about like you physically and like mentally and what that does for you to provide 
<clears throat> your most valuable work to your space and everything that you're doing, whether it's like literally your job to like after work or the day to day. Yeah. Um, and just being conscious of like what is your peak and your low? Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are to just be like, I'm a morning person. Right. And like acknowledge that and say that, but don't actually do the work to like make that the time that they do their work. Right. And remember when we talked about this as your inspiration, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> it was mind blowing. I to have you. the ability to do things at the right time. <laughs> like you I think because and we'll get into this later, like there are things sometimes in place that prevent us from feeling like we can utilize this tactic. Tactic <laughs> energy depletion (laughs) but now that I've learned about it from you and then by reading this article I'm like oh my gosh I don't know how you operate any other way or how you tap into things in the way that will make you most productive and most useful to those around you when you work on teams and stuff yes really really good really good so I'm excited to talk about this today so let's speak it queens let's get into it all right, what does this time management structure actually look like? Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned uh, the mental, physical, and emotional and the combo of that and what that looks like. So the peak physical version of you is one that is well-rested, well-fed, and hydrated. I am always well-fed. <laughs> Something uh, that seems like so easy but often neglected. Like, yeah. go to bed. Get eight hours of sleep or whatever number of hours. But so many people are like, I'm a rock star on four hours of sleep. And I'm like, I'm not sure you are. It's like, I feel like you're wrong. I work with you right now. I feel tired around you. (laughs) Um, But I think that's really important because it's kind of a basic thing. But like when you fill those buckets, don't you feel like the most awesome version of yourself i always think there's like something wrong when i feel really good you know like like what did i do like i've obviously missed something if i'm feeling so awesome right now (laughs) which is bad um so emotional energy dictates more than half of your behavior and decision making wow which when i read that i was like shoot (laughs) i feel like this episode is going to be just a consistent like oh whoa We've got some work to do. (laughs) Yes. Um, But thinking about how you're actually feeling at any given moment, um, are you excited? Are you anxious, hopeful, nervous, feelings? Mm -hmm. Um, But understanding your emotional energy will also give you a light into, like, how you react to things. Mm. And maybe also being conscious of, like, oh, I'm acknowledging that I am tired, so I may react... uh, irritable Mm. toward a person who comes at me with a problem and not a solution. Right, right. So, like, what can that give you? Um, And then mental energy is the number one. It Mm. requires both physical and emotional stamina to be observant, perceptive, and focused. I'm terrified. (laughs) And I feel like we're all doing it wrong. (laughs) We are all doing it wrong. Like, that – so this is why first round is great and awful at the same time because it's like, oh – Goals, aspirations, reach for the mountains. Like Everest is the peak. And then you're like, wait, I'm still down here like at the strong base of the mountain and I'm having a hard time seeing the top. (laughs) But it's like... like, There's (laughs) clouds up there. Everything feels too far away. But it's really good to talk about this because it gives us something to at least like, again, bites at a time, Mm -hmm. get to a place where we're doing this on a regular basis. Yes. 
So to address those, um, your peak performance in these different areas, it really requires you to assess how you're feeling on a consistent basis. And most times we don't like to do that. Um, right. Yep. <laughs> but by breaking it <laughs> <Feelings>. down, <laughs> breaking it down into chunks can make you more aware of your, your physical, your emotional and your mental states. Hmm. Um, so asking yourself questions, like actually going through the process in the beginning. Cause like, so as a little background, um, Sid and I, a million years ago, it feels like, did the, like, time blocking where it was like, yes. what are you spending your time on? That was over a year ago. So that activity <laughs> kind of fuels a little bit of this. So I'm like, I did that, but in a very focused, like, what am I actually working on? Right. And this is like, how are you feeling while working on all those things? So how... <laughs> This is going to force a lot of people to walk away from their jobs, too. <laughs> You're like, what's happening here? That's so funny. Um, so how alert are you feeling on a, a consistent basis? Um, what's your sleeping pattern? So mm-hmm. like, and these are actually questions every time I go into acupuncture that my acupuncturist asks me. She's like, have you been getting sleep? And it's like, well, you know. It's like, thanks for another thing to fail at, Susan. <laughs> Heather. <laughs> Sorry. Um, So how's your sleeping pattern? Are you exercising? Are you taking breaks between your meetings? Are you just going hard back to back Mm -hmm. on a daily basis? And then when you're in meetings, are you actually engaged and paying attention? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, all of this sounds like a lot of work, but... It's so much work. (laughs) It's so helpful. (laughs) Then plot hour by hour how alert you feel versus how tired you feel. And so probably a week will give you a good sense of what you need. Mm -hmm. Um, But this will give you a light into the times that you feel peak energy or lull energy. Okay. And when you know that you operate, when you're operating at peak, like creating a routine around that. Like, oh, I feel my best when I've gotten between seven to eight hours of sleep. Yeah. Um, I have a glass of water every half hour (laughs) it's it's like literally crying um and so many like whatever whatever the system is is like oh i feel better when i eat protein at the start of my day versus like toast with you know butter something yeah something simple like that (laughs) you know what's so funny i'm doing a lot of learning this episode like this is my learning episode that's cool i i really think what i said earlier I'm like now thinking like this is a real problem that when (laughs) when I feel really good I'm like I have to be missing something which is a really bad sign like I think so many of us operate at a deficiency Mm -hmm. on all at all I don't even think it's like on a regular basis it's literally all the time (laughs) that we are just getting by and it goes back to this busy culture thing, right? So, like, if we're not burning out, then we're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And this feels like a great place to start to combat that issue because it's putting, you know, it's turning the mirror and saying, like, what do you need to do, you in the mirror, um, to work better and survive better and do everything better instead of, like, leaning on this busy culture or 
just operating at a deficiency all the time. And when you know when you work best or feel your best, pay attention to that. Pay attention to it, and it makes it so much easier for you to communicate to your team or to your manager about, like, hey, I've been realizing Mm -hmm. I did this little assessment. (laughs) I found... I cried for a while, but I'm back now. (laughs) I found that I can't sit through back-to-back meetings because... I find that I'm distracted. Can we buffer 15 minutes? Can we buffer half hour between meetings? Yes. So that we have time to, like, I have time to, like, recover recover, or, like, take in the information that was given to us. Right. Uh, because a lot of times that's, like, a very important thing. Or just, like, hey, I don't feel great at 3 p.m. I'm on a consistent basis going to use that as time for me to take a break or work on, like, logistical like like easy easy work because everybody has those like mindless tasks that we have to do or like email answering or whatever Mm -hmm. um but use it like plotting your to-do list around your lull time Mm -hmm. and then operating peak performance hours for like important business meetings time to work on projects or like just doing hard work or hard thinking time depending on whatever your job is or like design time like creative work right writing right and shifting your schedule around those things will help you feel better and the only way that you can communicate that is if you know it yeah so true (laughs) revolutionary (laughs) (laughs) because like you could say like oh i definitely like i feel like i would rather have 8 a.m. meetings every day. Yeah, yeah. Like, but why? Sometimes it's just having a a rationale is, like, all that matters. And that, I mean, and that's true of so many different areas of our lives. I don't know why we wouldn't think it would, would think it would be different for something like this. Like, back up your thoughts with, like, the action, the research, having done the work, Mm -hmm. and say, I know, based on all of this, these are the answers to my energy issues or mm-hmm. my lack of productivity in these areas like boom 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 but this is the hard part right like with everything doing the research is the really hard part and making like necessary changes tracking all of those pieces is is difficult but yeah but so helpful obviously if at the other end of it is learning about yourself in a way that helps you get better well and also like we keep talking about like the energy lull moments but I think it's really important to acknowledge that. Like, if you keep trying to force yourself to do, like, super mindful work at 3 p.m. when you feel like hot garbage. garbage. (laughs) I'm pretty much tapped by 3. You're not going to do good work. So if you figure out, like, oh, whatever, 9 to 11 is my my prime time. Like, just block that time on your calendar. Communicate it with who, who it needs to be communicated with of, like, hey, I... I need to be doing this during this time for these reasons. Yeah. And saying, like, I'm going to be more productive because of it. And then having evidence of that, too, of, like, let's try it for a week Mm -hmm. and see what comes of it. But I think this is noting when you have to get work done and saying to your boss, hey, I know that this is, is like, a priority for me to do my job well. Yeah. So I can get paid. So. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like. I want to try this out. I'm going to block my time on mm-hmm. my calendar. I'm going to put it as, like, do not disturb. Yep. Um, 
I want to be able to communicate this with you, the team, if anything happens. Like, definitely call me if there's an emergency thing that needs to be handled. But, like, this is my focus time. Yeah. Because everybody needs that time to get work done, depending on whatever it is that you're doing. Absolutely. Um, And so why wouldn't it be better served to do it when you're, like, hot, ready on it yeah and feeling a hundred percent exactly it's such a good point i mean it really is it's crazy that this is mind-blowing but i think it's the culture we live in is that makes this <laughs> makes this idea sound crazy right because you're like oh i'm always ready i'm always productive and nothing stops me well and that's like, the you're assumption. a liar <laughs> it was like you work nine to five you work nine like to five. consistently You work nine, nine to, five. to five. And that's just not the world that we live in. And also, like, the work that we're doing requires us because we're no longer, like, computers are doing a lot of things for us now. Right. So, like, a lot of the work that we do does require creative thinking in a different capacity than, like, maybe different work that people were doing at the factory. Yeah. A hundred years ago. Or even more recently than that. <laughs> also more recently. I also I threw out 100. Cause I, and, I, and then I was like, You're close, has I it been 100 assume. years? <laughs> ish. We can know. go with an ish. That's Were fine. Were there factories 100 years ago? <laughs> 50 years ago. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So though, I think that's also just like being an advocate for like the changing of the workplace, I think yes. is important too. And like you may get pushback and that's hard, but... Yeah, um, I think it's important to have this conversation. <laughs> for sure. I'm like bubbling with anger thinking about like some of the stories I've heard and the people I know that like it's so unfortunate that this might never be an option for them given and we'll get into this later their current workplace or work environment. And so this is I think this is a good, a good conversation for a lot of reasons, not only for what you can do for yourself, but for what you know you need. And if you're not getting it. How do you go get it? And what are you looking for in a next opportunity that values these things and you as a person that allows this conversation to even happen? Mm-hmm. Um, those are important things, I think, as our work gets so like like muddied and um, integrated with our personal lives. Like this is an even more important conversation to have because of those reasons. And if someone you're working for or with doesn't value this, then that's worth a, a check, I think, for yourself. 100%. For sure, for sure. I think, you know, this really breaks down to, and, and we've talked about this so much, like idea of working smarter, not harder. And like thinking about those right times and the right tasks, I think if you're overdoing it on the wrong stuff, like you need to be able to pour your energy into the work that will move the needle. Mm-hmm. And so having these conversations, like you said, it's like the bottom line is like you'll do better work if you do this to figure out when that's going to happen and how it's going to happen. And I don't know. I like I think a, a piece of this article that really stood out to me talked about like the rocks in the sand. Mm-hmm. And I love this because it's like that video that everybody talks about with like the golf balls and the pebbles and the whatevers. So like if checking email all the time is the sand and it takes up space very quickly, like if you lose track of time on that, then the sand allows for no rocks, which are like your bigger, most important prioritized tasks tasks it leaves no time for those so it's really taking a step back and identifying what the rocks are like what are those prioritized tasks 
do two of those and you can still fit in a fair amount of sand around those bigger mm-hmm. rocks. So it's like that for me, that visual is incredibly helpful. Like being able to see like, okay, if I focus on these things and then working into what we talked about around the timing and all of those pieces helps to look at your day in a way that is working for you and not against you. Mm -hmm. And I think so often all we talk about is (laughs) the day that's working against us and powering through it versus taking a step back and being like, we need to figure this out because it's not working. So what are the challenges to like executing all of these wonderful things that we're talking about? <laughs> I think it's important to acknowledge that this is really dependent on workplace culture. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, like just sun in my sky is workplace culture. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like there's so much hope. So again, for some people, this will just be an easy conversation to say, hey, here's how I work. I want to do these things and I'm going to do this now. Yeah. And your manager will be like, awesome, super excited that you're productive. If you want to share this information with the rest of the team, we're super amped on this. Even better. Wow. Yeah. Team learning. (laughs) Uh, The opposite of this is like, you're going to have to consistently kind of push back on this and say like, I'm reminding us (laughs) that this is an important thing for us as a company I want us to acknowledge that people have different energy peaks and and valleys and what that here's what that looks like and kind of like giving your team or your manager some evidence of why this is important and showing them that you do better work when this is the system that's in place yes. encouraging opportunities for experiments and discussions um I think providing evidence in the sense of like here are some studies and mm-hmm. here's this link to this amazing article that first round did. Right. Um, I think it will be more like this is very much consistent with like a startup culture mindset. Yeah. Um, and so if you're working in kind of like a le- legacy business, it may be a little bit harder to actually execute this. But again, always coming at it with like, hey, I work better in under these circumstances. Is there anything that we can do even on a one week basis mm-hmm. to allow or one day basis to mm-hmm. allow for this type of environment to be the, the the scenario that I'm working in because I produce better work. Absolutely. This is so much a part of the conversation that I've been having a lot in class around like the HR conversation about how so so many people think this type of work is not like tangible and is not like it doesn't have like the ROI kind of mentality like you can't see its benefit but like you can because you are more productive like you're doing more work and so if you have leadership that values the HR practices that enhance the employees that then enhance the customer experience, whoever your customers are, like that leader is probably an open ear to at least explore this option. If you don't have that, then it really is, it's like an uphill battle. And it's really, um, it's really frustrating, I can imagine, because you're sitting there being like, I know it's going to work for me. And I know that there are a ton of people that are not in a position to say like, well, I'm going to go find a new job. Like, so that's not necessarily everybody's option. But I do think that if you have like the manager that's looking over your shoulder at everything, like 
it still doesn't hurt to track this, I don't mm-hmm. think, because it then still gives you legs to stand on if you can show the benefit, even if someone's like, I don't buy it. You're like, well, I'm going to show you all the reasons that this is an important conversation to have and that it works. So yes, the workplace culture is such a an important factor in seeing this be successful individually and for your teams. Yeah. I think uh, it's also acknowledging that you need to avoid the urge to power through. Mm. Um, this will end up taking a toll on your energy and it often is common to like the essential burnout yeah. thing that we've talked about so many times. Yep. And it really does like the the challenge again is like we're it you have to be conscious mm-hmm. and self aware and know how you're feeling, notice your triggers, other people as triggers yep. or other yeah. scenarios as triggers and then balancing all of that between your energy and I think that there's no guarantee that you're going to feel amazing every day but being aware enough uh, to not take your thoughts too seriously when your energy is low can help you react less mm-hmm. and that's another piece of this that's I think really helpful is just like if you walk in you're like I'm walking into work tired I may react negatively to these types of situations and like just be aware of that. Yeah. And even just like the the acceptance of like, I'm tired. Yeah. So I will think about things differently. And what that leads to, I think is important too. And maybe even like allow you to communicate better with people like, hey, I'm sorry if I'm coming off a little curt. Mm-hmm. I didn't get my eight hours last night and feeling a little rough. And I think that's so important because it's like what we've talked about around like friendship, even in a co-working environment where like your coworkers, you're with them a lot, that honesty and openness allows for trust to exist and is not you trying to be the hero, but have people be like, why is she such a B today? Mm-hmm. You're being upfront about like kind of where you're at and acknowledging like this, this is a thing that's going to be today. I'm not taking anything out on you i'm just making you aware like i'm and i'm in a tougher spot today than i was yesterday yes and thinking about burnout too to your point before did you see that burnout is now in like the medical book as like a thing that can be diagnosed yeah and it's been enhanced it's like um it's description is enhanced from what it used to be. I think the first time it came out was 2017, but in the most recent book, it's like it is a direct relationship between the work environment and the work that you're doing and, and leads to burnout. And it's a thing that's like, it's not like a diagnosis, but it is like a thing that people can feel. And the medical journal is now like fully on board with the intricacies of what burnout does to people in their work environment and they do say like it's separate from depression it's separate from anxiety like burnout is its own thing and it has directly to do with work but I think people were like weirdly jazzed to to see that to like show it to someone and be like listen (laughs) this is real (laughs) and you need to listen to me so it was like actually almost like in my my little heart felt like a baby win to be like Yes, thank you for acknowledging that this is a thing and that it, it so easily comes on if the people around us that are setting our metrics and leading our teams aren't aware of this. It can get off the rails so, so fast. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what can you do when you need a reset? Get up, move your bod, <laughs> leave your desk, leave the office, 
go for a walk, anything that you can do to like shake up your mental energy, breathe in fresh air. Um, I really, it's so interesting. Like I actually find that sometimes I'm distracted by the sameness of my desk space while also feeling like this is my safe space. Oh my gosh. And I love a routine. Yes, it's such a push-pull. Yeah. So sometimes all I need is like a different area with new new window light um, or new location just to get work done because sometimes you're like in a mode and you're like, I can't get anything done here. I'm seeing all the same things I see. And it's like somehow like a different space leads to less distraction because it's it's not familiar. Yeah. And so you're like, all I can focus on is what's in front of me. Yep. Um, and so I think that that is, a, it's really, it's an important reminder to let yourself to have, mm-hmm. a, have space like that. And also acknowledge like my everyday space maybe won't be my productive space every day. Absolutely. I think that's a huge, that is huge. And it is this weird push pull because you're like, I get a lot of stuff done here and this is like my safety zone and it's my comfort place and it's got pictures of the people that I love. (laughs) But I do find like if I'm feeling some type of way and I travel a fair amount for work, um, I get a lot of work done on the road in coffee shops more than I sometimes get done at my desk because it's a change of environment. And even with all of the like hustle bustle of bodies and voices and stuff, I can dial into the work that I'm doing better. Um, and that's like, it, it feels backwards, but it, but it works. And it's like a nice thing to think about. And I think, you know, when we talk about a reset, it's like what we're talking about today is around like protecting your energy, enhancing your energy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you are depleted to a point and your energy is at a low, it is like, that's what we mean by the reset button. Like what is going to at least help like kick it up a couple notches if it's not doing all the things we talked about around like tracking and all of these pieces. Um, So there's a tip in the article that we kind of base this off of that talks about starting your day at zero. And I was kind of blown away by that. I love that so much. I really did. Cause I was like, wow. And I I feel like I'm a, I'm a very visual learner and, and like, that's how I move through my day. But starting at zero feels like you can only go up. Like you can only go up from there. So if you ended on a high the day before and you come in and try to like build on that high, like that feels impossible because you're like, I ended on like a really strong note yesterday. How Mm -hmm. am I supposed, like I come in with like that defeatist attitude of like, how am I possibly going to get better than that? Like I was a strong 10 all day. (laughs) Like that, and, and I've, I've been trapped in that so many times. Um, So I really love the idea of starting at zero and like resetting and saying like today is, is we can only go up from here. Like I am starting at zero. I feel good. I feel ready. And like even just visualizing that zero and like clicking up or like, unfortunately, if it does a click down, like it's still, you're even at the very beginning of the day. And, um, like thinking of it as a point system is almost like a fun, like gamification of like the process. Um, but I really loved, loved, loved that tip. Uh, the other thing that I enjoyed, like when you think about a reset is thinking about the way you do things differently and thinking about like the way you prioritize differently. And so the other thing 
that the article talked about was around setting like two week sprints or themes and then six month goals. And so it allows for, if you're in like the two week sprint period, it allows for a reset in the way of like, I finished a strong two weeks. Like I got this one thing done. It, it is helping me toward the six month goal, but it chunked out very nicely. Mm-hmm. And I think those chunks for me, for me like personally, helps me not feel overwhelmed by the six month goal. Yes. Um, and it helps me feel accomplished in small stints um, but still like keeping that motivation for like, you know, this is the, the end goal, you know, this is where you're getting to, but two weeks is so doable. Two weeks, you can see the finish line. And I just really enjoyed thinking of my work and the things that I'm doing and my energy toward those things in that, um, in that way, just again, like gave me like a breath of fresh, like it felt like I could lift, like let my shoulders down and yes. breathe and be like, that feels doable. Yeah. And that was really nice. So I, I really, really liked those. Um, I, th- I think this is exciting, too, because I know we we got into a lot in this episode. And I, I think taking at least the first step to say, what can I do to real like understand how I'm feeling uh, on a daily basis and my energy levels and what impact that's going to have on the work that I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Just like keep us in the loop. Let us know what that conversation looks like with yourself, yeah. with your manager, how it plots out, because it truly was eye-opening to realize, because I thought that my peak and lull were different when when they actually were. And That's it was like crazy. Straight up eye-opening. Yeah. So, Sid, you'll be uh, the, the first to share <laughs> the latest since I've... I've done it. You, and then sh- you shared. Forever audience. <laughs> We're ready for it from I, you. And I am excited. I think this will be a good practice. And um, I already am thinking about the week that I can, like, realistically implement this between, like, other stuff going on. Um, but I think that this will be really interesting to see how this pans out. But also, like, as I'm tracking and doing those pieces, like, what you we can start to, like, add in and how to, like, really think about how we spend energy and how we can be advocates for this in our workplaces and hopefully learn how to have those conversations that doesn't like from our maybe supervisor's perspective derail our operation but really talk about it in the ways that it enhances and that when we're at our best everything gets better Mm -hmm. when I'm at my best I am not a crabby bee and (laughs) That seems to be better for everybody. So, 100%. Yeah. So, I uh, stay tuned for an update when I am able to put this into practice. Love it. Yes. Shall we break? Let's break. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening this week. You can follow us on Instagram at queen underscore speaking to continue the conversation. And you can find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See you next week. week.